Welcome to Interactions with Reality. This is Season 2, Episode 10, and today we're going to talk about travel. If you've always wanted to, to go out there and travel the world and you didn't know where to start or you didn't know how or things just didn't line up for you so you could just up and go, this episode is for you. I might be able to help a lot of you guys out. So I decided uh, a long time ago that life should be an adventure. Um, I quit my job. I went to the first country that I heard about, which was Belize. And I just started, like, adventuring more. And now I quit my job for more than one reason. I, I actually had an injury, and the injury was getting to the point where lifting a gallon of water was, was painful. And the job I was in, um, well, I was a firefighter. So you can't really have that situation when you're a firefighter because people literally need you they they need you to be able to function they need you to be able to pull them out of a burning building if that's what's going on they need you to be able to lift the fat lady onto the stretcher you know like they they need you and so if you have an injury like that then you're putting your whole team at risk you know it, it's one of those things where it wasn't just about me it was it was about my whole my whole crew you know and so I, for the, for the sake of everyone, uh, including myself, I, I quit that job and it was a little hard because I had worked really hard to get on with that department. I had worked really hard to get there in the first place, um, get all the certifications and all that sort of thing. And I, I'd really put in a lot of time and effort and I, I finished near the top of my class and all these sorts of things. And it was, it was cool. It was, it was an interesting job. Um, I learned a lot of interesting things. There are a lot of firefighters who are meatheads, <laughs> which is kind of annoying, but, uh, but there's, there's a little, there's a mix and either way, um, a lot of them, they have desires to help people and they do help people in really big ways uh, in their, their time of greatest need. So Hats off to the firefighters, and yeah, but I quit that job, and I went to Belize because it was the first country I heard about. I bought a regular plane ticket, and I went down to the Keys and kind of traveled around for a little bit, you know, like staying in a tent and stuff like that. So um, then when the day came to go to Belize, uh, I went to the airport and uh, met this guy, and he was... Brighton, he was like a Seventh-day Adventist guy, and he was writing this book on, you know, Sunday worship versus Saturday worship or something like that, and he was asking me to check it out, <laughs> and um, and I did. I, I looked at it and, and everything, and we had been talking for a while while we waited for the plane, and I didn't really know anything about the country, per se. I knew the money was about two for one, and that was about, and that they spoke English. I think that was about the extent of my knowledge. My my plan was just to go wing it, to show up, and just, you know, figure it out when I got there. Because, you know, that's more like an adventure than having some pre-planned trip. So, on the way over there, I discovered that you have to actually have a destination to write down um, when you're doing the paperwork for getting into the country they actually wanted an address and 
I didn't have an address. I didn't know where to put. So that guy was like, hey, what are you putting for your address? And I, and I was like, well, I don't know. That's a good question. He's like, put my address down and and that way, you know, you won't have any problem. And then if you want, you can come stay at my house. I got a big house. He was he was building a house down there for his family and he was going to move them down there. Um, I guess after he had it all built and nice how he wanted it. So I was like, all right, well, whatever. So we we get there and, you know, next thing you know, I'm in the back of some rickety old pickup truck and we're cruising down the road and I got my pack and everything and and we go into Belize City and he had this house that it was a nice house actually it was like I think two or three stories or something and you know it was, it was pretty big definitely under construction um there's a lot of dust in the bed that I was I was sleeping in for the night but it was it was kind of cool so I got there and you knew he was like, Hey, I want fish. I've, I've been out of the country for a really long time. I need to get some fish. So, so he was like, come with me to the market. So we went down to the market and he took me to a locals only market. He said that if I had tried to go there as a tourist, I would have been robbed or killed. But since everybody knew him, it was cool. And there was definitely some people eyeballing me at the market. <laughs> so I'll throw that out there. Anyway, it was a good little trip. Um, I got to see some interesting things. I ended up uh, going over to to Guatemala for a day to see Tikal, <coughs> which is like the Mayan pyramids and stuff like that. Um, that's a workout, climbing all those stairs. Uh, I recommend that uh, as far as climbing all the stairs. Um, yeah, so, so I want to get into the traveling part, though, because I, I can get into to stories of the travels for for a long time because I've got a lot of stories from my travels. So I'm going to I'm going to like pause right here and rather than go on about all the stories and stuff like that, I'm going to tell you some things I learned. So I might tell some of those through stories, but yeah, so one monumental day I was I was out on a uh, Key Calker, which is in a little island that's off the coast of, well, I guess it's part of Belize, but it's out in the ocean. And so I went out there and I took a, a snorkeling tour because why not? Second largest uh, reef in the entire world. <laughs> I may as well take a snorkeling tour. So it, it ended up where it rained the day I was supposed to go. So I ended up going a different day and there was a flight attendant on the the snorkeling tour. And I sat next to her and I was talking to her and everything, and she was talking about all these trips she took, and she went this place to that place to the other place. And I was like, "How on earth can you afford all that?" You know, like I, it was kind of an expensive trip for me to even just go down there with, you know, the money I had back then. And so she said, "Well, I'm I'm a flight attendant, and they give me free flights." So I was like, "Well, that sounds cool." <laughs> and so I came back to the states. Um, whenever my trip was done and then I signed up to become a flight attendant and of course, you know, there's interviews and, and all this stuff that you got to go through. It's quite a process. And I made it past the first interview, made it past the second interview. Next thing you know, I'm on a plane out to Las Vegas and I did a month of training out there, um, which is, it was paid but it was just like an, a dollar per hour, hour uh, per diem pay. So 
it wasn't like I was making a lot of money out there during training, but they did pay for the lodging and they did uh, pay for transportation and stuff like that. So that was cool. And then uh, about a month later, voila, I was a flight attendant. And yeah, it was an interesting job. <laughs> I I pretty much went part-time the first opportunity I had, which you had to work six months full-time to before you could get there. So I was traveling around um, just for work, but it wasn't like I could get off the plane and see the sights and all that sort of thing. It was more like we'd go drop people off, pick people up and bring them back. And then I would get to go home at the end of the day. And sometimes we'd do like two or three trips in a day or whatever, round trips. And then, um, and that was cool because I got to interact with a lot of people. And part of travel is interacting with strangers. And this put me in a position to interact with a lot of strangers. So that was cool. Um, another thing that happened and then I'll get back into that for a second. But another thing that happened is I met this other kid and he was, where was he going? I think he was, he might've been going to Guatemala or someplace like that. He he was going somewhere and I, I had asked him, you know, about his travel stuff and, you know, like, hey, well, you know, how are you doing this? How are you going about all this? And, and he was like, oh yeah, I use this site called couchsurfing.com. And I was like, couchsurfing, huh? all right, what's this about? And he's, well, you can stay for free with locals all over the world. And, and you don't have to pay them. And he's like, no, no, just, you know, just hang out with them. And they get to show you local spots. And it's just, uh, you know, just, that's it. That's the gig. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that sounds kind of cool. So I signed up for that. And uh, so here I am, a flight attendant now. I get free flights or had free flights on, I'm, I'm no longer a flight attendant, but had free flights on 14 different airlines and it was all standby, of course. So you could get bumped off your flight, but I went part-time. And so I was working the last two days of one month, the first two days of the next month. And then I had nearly two months off in between to go gallivant around the, the globe or wherever I, I wanted to go. So I uh, went to Guatemala a few times, went to Honduras, uh, Panama, um, just a bunch of different places and stuff like that uh, all over the U.S. You know, just lived in lived in some bigger cities, uh, lived in Austin for a little while. That was really nice. Lived in Hawaii for a little while. I mean, you're talking like a month at a time, month, two months at a time, sometimes three. Um, and... <clears throat> And I got to interact with a ridiculous amount of people from all over the world. And staying with like couch surfing, I, I stayed at probably 35 different places all over the U.S. and some out of the country as well. And I can't recommend it enough. There's also a site called, I think it's called Warm Showers or something like that. And that one's more geared toward cyclists. But... There's a few sites like that where you can go and you can stay with locals and it's a really, really good positive experience. It's kind of like an Airbnb, but you actually have a lot more interactions with your host and stuff quite frequently. And they can, when when you travel like that and you're not staying at the hotel and all that sort of thing, you really get to see an area in a way that you wouldn't otherwise get to see it. You know, like 
they take you to the cool little the spots that the spots that nobody knows about they take you to the the secret beach and the you know the um like the cool hikes and all the stuff you know the festivals or the whatever events are going on they they take you to all those sorts of things and it's really fun a whole lot of fun and i also got to host a lot of people I don't remember how many people I hosted, but it was really cool. <laughs> and when I remember one one story of hosting real quick is uh, I had these two guys from where were they from? Uh, Austria, I think it was, and it was their first time to the U.S. And at the time, I lived in a treehouse on an organic farm. It was like a, a permaculture food forest farm. And I lived up in the treehouse, and it was, like, built on nine palm trees. And it was just, like, I, me and my friend screened it in. And I, I lived in a hammock up there. And it was it was really cool. But that was, like, their first ever place seeing in America. Like, that was, like, their first real experience staying with somebody in America. And I just thought it was kind of funny because it's, it's so it was so far from what you would expect <laughs> from a typical place. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, they had a blast and yeah, good times. All right. So <clears throat> yeah, Airbnb is really cool. Another thing I learned from another traveler is there's a site called Wolf, W-W-O-O-F.org. And that's Willing Workers on Organic Farms. And it's just what it sounds like. If you're a willing worker, you can go work on these farms all across the U.S. and all over the world. And in exchange, they give you a place to stay. And occasionally there's other perks. Um, like, you know, a lot of them include the food as well. So you get room and board for free. And you get to explore different areas. The one I stayed at in Hawaii, I was there for like a month and a half. And the first hour of the day, we would do farm education. So they would sit us down with some videos on different farming techniques or different different methods that people were using. Um, a lot of permaculture stuff, a lot of different things like that. And then for three hours, we would work around the farm doing whatever task the guy had for that day. And then after that, we were off. And frequently, um, there was... They would take us out on like pretty much like at least once a week. They would take us out on some kind of um, trip to just explore the island and and see things. So we'd go and and get to have like authentic um, Hawaiian food one day, and then maybe the next day we'd go cliff jumping, um, and maybe the next day we'd go on some crazy hike uh, <laughs> up some some pretty cool peaks, um, the old Amana peaks and just different things like that. So that was a really, really cool experience and a lot of fun as well. So I recommend, um, the wolf.org thing. If you're, especially if you're looking to get into farming or something one day, but if you're, if you're doing it just to see an area, um, Often just know there's there's often opportunities to make money um, through these farms. And it could be like, for instance, the one I stayed at in Hawaii, Hawaii, there was a guy that lived there. He rented a like he rented a building from the guy who owned the place and 
he did landscaping and I do landscaping. So I ended up working with him and I ended up making more while I was down there than I spent on the entire trip. So I was there a month and a half. I spent $200 <laughs> and, uh, and the flight was free. So, <laughs> so it was, it was a pretty good little trip there, but, um, I, I just think that if you're willing to work hard and you're, you're open and generous and kind with people around you and all that sort of thing, then a lot of times the road just works out. Um, but always be willing to, to work hard. All right. So now some, some other tips, uh, traveling tips. So if you are, Oh wait, uh, let's see. All right. So then there's, there's also counterculture events that happen across the U S as well. I should mention these real quick. So if you're traveling and you want to leave the country without leaving the country, um, sometimes showing up at these, Events like, for instance, Burning Man would be one where there it's a wild event from everything I hear. I've never been to Burning Man, but um, that it's kind of like a like a society, a city that that pops up in the middle of the desert and a bunch of art installations, and then at the end of the week, I guess they burn them or something, or they burn at least one of them or something like that. But it's like the rules are different. It's literally like going to a different country. <laughs> and then, um, but I went to other ones and they have these other ones called, uh, rainbow gatherings, which not, not to do with the homosexual movement. It was coined before that was hijacked for those purposes. Um, the rainbow that is, uh, so, Basically, it's just a group of hippies that meet out in the woods and it's like travelers, dirty kids, um, train hoppers, all kinds, all walks of life, um, all different income levels and a lot of different interests and stuff. And it's a, it's like a, a, a whole city that pops up in the middle of the woods and it's a cashless society. So money is no good there. Um, the food's free. Everybody just kind of chips in and and brings food there and then donates it to the kitchens. And the kitchens operate in the woods with volunteer staff. And people get a kick out of cooking for other people and chopping wood and doing all these things. And it's actually a lot of fun if you're willing to work because the experience of helping to make it happen is is very rewarding in and of itself. So those cashless societies are interesting. There's a, a plethora of traveling information there. <laughs> so if you want to learn how to travel and you're, you're there and you're talking to the train hoppers and you're talking to the hobos and you're talking to the, you know, the, the rich people and you're talking to everybody in between and asking them their tips you can start to you can start to see how it's it's just a lot of really super valuable information and you know stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think about um as far as um uh, I, I hesitate to get into this because I'm already at nineteen minutes and maybe I ought to save this for the next one. But anyway, I'll go ahead and, and mention a few things. Um so when you're 
hitchhiking, uh, which, all right, so about three years later, they, they changed our flight agreement, and they basically we had to start paying to go on these little you know trips with the other airlines, the, the buddy passes or whatever you call them. And I didn't like that, so I went ahead and just quit, quit the job because it wasn't worth it to me. Um, I was doing it for the free travel and if there wasn't free travel involved, I was just out. So, so anyway, so I quit that job and I went on this crazy road trip and then about halfway through the road trip, I ended up selling my vehicle to some homeless guy. Um, (laughs) well, he wasn't homeless. He was home free. Um, there's a difference, but anyway, uh, I started hitchhiking, um, and it's really easy and really fun. And I recommend hitchhiking. That said, I'm a big guy and I kind of know how to take care of myself. So um, hitchhiking may not be the safest thing. But if you're going to hitchhike, it really pays to have cardboard and a Sharpie. Because you can write on a piece of cardboard wherever you want to go. And you hold that up and people will frequently just scoop you up and take you there and and uh that's that and i have a lot of fun hitchhiking stories i i had a lot of really good experiences with all that just impeccable timing like stuff that um i i've had hitchhiking not go so well down in florida but if you're up in like the the northwest side of the country it's pretty easy to catch a ride um yeah, all right, so it's 21 minutes in. Normally I make these things about 20 minutes. So I'm going to leave it here, but when I think next episode I might do a continued thing on traveling, and hopefully I can give you guys more tips and tricks and you know ideas on getting started and maybe some some glimpses into other societies that are within our society or without our society, whatever you want to say. But but basically, there's whole other worlds out there that you would never even know they'd existed unless you got out and and just lived a little bit crazy out of a backpack traveling around. Um, you get to see things that other people don't get to see. The only thing is, when you come back at the end of all your trips and journeys and all the sorts of things, I mean, frequently, I, first off, you should know that it's addictive. Travel is addictive. So once you get traveling a bunch, you might not ever stop. And so I, I stopped because I got a cat to kind of ground me and keep me in one area. Um, so I I would stay to take care of my cat for the most part. And I, I could leave for up to a month at a time and and uh, my friend would look after him. But, um, but it kind of glued me to one spot. So... Um, I am one of the rare cases that actually broke the addiction of travel to some degree and got off the road and, you know, just stopped going on so many trips. So, but if you start traveling like this, just know that there's a good chance that you might not ever stop. And when you get back at the end, there's not a lot of people that can really relate. There's, it uh, reminds me of um, the the Lord of the Rings, the 
the hobbit goes on this epic adventure and he comes back to the shire and he's just kind of got that far away look in his eyes and he's he's been in all these adventures that nobody there can relate to it's just so foreign <laughs> so it's just it can be really lonely when you when you get back and there's nobody you can really talk to about it and there's nobody you can really who who really gets it you know like it's I mean you could tell people about it and you can talk about it but it's not uh, it's one thing to go live an adventure it's another to uh to just I, it's like it's like if you went to war you're gonna have experiences that the average person they just there's no way for them to relate to it and it, it's just never the same it's your your life will never be the same again if you do this so just understand if you go out traveling and you go see the world and especially if you live really close to the land or you you just kind of go with the flow rather than just having a big fat travel budget where you stay in hotels every night and you don't really interact with people so much. Like if you get out there and you're actually staying with the locals and you're actually interacting with the, the reality of whatever place it is that you, where you're in, um, it, you're, you're going to come back a different person. Just, just know that you, you can't undo that. Mm -hmm.